John Mulvihill at Corliss Barfield Trial Group. Justin Petritus of the Law Office of Justin Petritus. All right, well, today we're going to talk about stolen vehicles. So who hasn't stolen a vehicle in their <laughs> lifetime? <laughs> I say that very tongue firmly in cheek. <laughs> so uh, but I, what we're going to talk about is the criminal aspects of stolen vehicles and then also the civil aspect of a stolen vehicle and how that can come into play. So obviously, I think the term was probably uh, made famous by the video game Grand Theft Auto. But uh, Justin, what are the different scenarios with stolen vehicles you might see on the criminal side? So you see, you know, a lot of Grand Theft motor vehicles, which is a third degree felony in Florida. It's when you take a vehicle that you're not allowed to take. You see them, you know, it's not as simple as the, as the game where you just break in and take them. You see, you know, sometimes, a lot of times what I saw them is drug transactions. You know, I'm going to let you borrow my car in exchange for some drugs. And then the minute you take it off, I call the police and technically you've stolen it or situations like that. And then there's also third degree burglary, which is just breaking into a car, stealing something out of the car, but not taking the car. And that's also a third degree burglary or a third degree felony here in Florida. So that's where you see those a lot. What if you got a car? Uh, this is always something I remember seeing when I was a prosecutor. So let's say you broke into the car and there was a gun in the car and you stole the car. How can that impact it? Then you have now committed a first degree felony, um, armed burglary, which is a prison by life offense, which means if everything went as terrible as possible, you could get life in prison. So lesson in that story is first, don't break into a car. But if you do and there's a gun in there, don't leave it. No, yes. I had a client that was, he was intoxicated and he was breaking into cars and he he got caught for a lot of them, but one of them had a gun, and he should have just shut the trunk and kept going, but he did not, and so it made his his prison sentence a lot longer. Yeah. So now on the civil world, we see, you know, I'll see car accidents with someone that's injured in a, by a stolen vehicle, so someone's taking a vehicle. Like you hear about in, uh, you know, kids sometimes taking vehicles, they'll go out and steal vehicles and take them on, quote, unquote, a joyride. Yeah. And I've had car accident victims where this individual who probably didn't even have a license to drive stole a vehicle and caused a motor vehicle accident so people always wonder well who's responsible for that well technically the person driving the vehicle is responsible and you know the the actual vehicle owner the person that their their vehicle was stolen you're not responsible for that so let's say someone stole my vehicle and they go out and crash it well, if they stole it out of my driveway, I didn't give them permission to drive my vehicle. They took it against my will. So I cannot be sued or I'm not responsible. Well, I guess I could be sued, but legally I would not be responsible for the damages caused by that stolen vehicle. Now, obviously, then we get into this, these gray areas in the law where people are like, well, what if you left your keys in the vehicle or what if the car was quote unquote stolen by someone that lived with you and had access to the vehicle? Those are obviously different arguments that can be made. But if we stick to the scenario of your car is locked in your driveway, someone breaks the window, hot wires it and steals the car, you as the car owner should not be responsible for those damages caused by it. Now, what about me, the victim? Let's say you're the victim uh, in, the, in the car. You were the ones going through a green light and this person that stole the vehicle ran a red light and hit you and you're now injured. Well, hopefully you carry uninsured motorist coverage. Um, because ultimately, you're going to have a really hard time suing the owner of the vehicle if the vehicle was stolen because they're most likely not going to be responsible. And then the person that stole the vehicle is, even if they have their own personal car insurance, I'm pretty confident their car insurance policy is going to have a clause written in it that uh, they're not responsible for a car accident that's caused while they're in basically a criminal act or stealing a vehicle, something along those lines. So 
technically there may be no insurance coverage to go after or assets to collect against at that point. So you hopefully carry what's called uninsured motorist coverage, which is a type of insurance that you would pay for um, to protect you if you're involved in a motor vehicle accident and injured by an individual that either has no insurance or not enough insurance to cover your injuries. So it's something I would tell everyone in the state of Florida that they need to carry because people in the state of Florida are required to carry very minimal levels of insurance coverage that are usually not enough to protect someone if they are injured in an accident. So you should carry uninsured motorist coverage at the highest levels that you're capable of uh, affording because it's very important to you if you are involved in an accident and injured. So th that's really the, the main way it interplays in, a ci in the civil side. Well, one way I, I see occasionally, or I used to see occasionally in the criminal side, was someone would loan someone a car, and they say you can use it for a couple hours or a couple days, and they just don't bring it back. So at some point, it does become a theft. The criminal question is, at what point? An hour late is it a theft? A minute late? Um, that's something to just term by the circumstances. Is that the similar thing for a civil I would say, yeah, I mean, you, you then have to do what we call discovery, take witness depositions, talk to them, see what they say. How often was this individual that failed to return the car? How often did they use the car? Were they allowed to use it? You know, all the circumstances surrounding it, we call it the totality of the circumstances. So you want to get as much information out as you can. And if you're the plaintiff's attorney, you want to argue that, look, based on the totality of the circumstances, this person had permission to be driving the vehicle. And then obviously, if you're the defense attorney, you're going to want to argue the and I'm talking about on the civil side, if you're the civil defense attorney, you're going to argue on the, the opposite end that this defendant did, or this individual did not have permission to drive the vehicle based on the totality of the circumstances. And then I would say, as a criminal attorney representing the driver of the, the vehicle, you're probably going to argue the same as a plaintiff's attorney. Under the totality of the circumstances, they had permission to yes, drive the vehicle. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of nuances that go into uh, on both the criminal side and the civil side. I mean, I feel like we could sit here and discuss a thousand different cases and have a thousand different arguments in regards to whether or not that person is responsible or actually stole the vehicle or had permission to actually drive the vehicle. So, Exactly. Yeah. So, But if you are a victim of a, a car accident and you were involved in a car accident with a stolen motor vehicle, uh, first off, I would say you should contact an attorney and consult with an attorney to know your rights 100%, especially if you were injured. Please don't hesitate to contact us at corlessbarfield.com.